All right, if you would turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and just have a thought tonight that I want to give to you. We're going to two places. This isn't the text for tonight, but this is where I first saw the phrase. I've been preaching about missions being a ministry, uh, obviously, but uh, if you look in the Word of God, there are several ministries that missions represents. It's a uh, ministry of the gospel, I would say, first and foremost. The Apostle Paul, when he first was sent, he preached the gospel, and people were saved and baptized, and churches were started. Uh, it's also a ministry of the Word, a ministry of the Spirit. You see these phrases throughout the Word of God, and it all is applicable to missions. And one that caught my attention recently, in light of what we're doing to minister to the saints in Uganda, to minister to the ones who are now ministering the gospel, who are now uh, on the front lines, uh, is a ministry of the saints. Missions is a ministry or to or of the saints. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, the Apostle Paul talks in the first verses about a collection for the saints in Jerusalem. He had a ministry to the saints that were struggling back in Jerusalem, and he was making a collection from all the churches that he saw started in his travels. And then he says something in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 15. He says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. So missions, Paul's mission included this ministry of the saints, and these were some who helped him and who labored, and they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That's a very interesting phrase. And uh, this morning, or this afternoon, the church I was at in Clio, we talked about the ministry of the saints and uh, how these people addicted themselves to it. And tonight I want to look over in 1 Peter chapter number 4, 1 Peter chapter number 4, and consider what is the ministry to or of the saints. 1 Peter chapter number 4. And I thought of this passage in 1 Peter chapter number 4 that really says it well. 1 Peter chapter number 4. And starting in verse number 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. He says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Thus the ministry of the saints. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He says then, if any man speak, let him speak as, of, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as we consider tonight the ministry of the saints and missions being a ministry of the saints, uh, we just want to break down uh, how that plays out, how that works amongst us. And how it works as we take the gospel overseas. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless. Father, we thank you for your word. How it never changes. How it gives us exactly what we need day by day as we look into it. And uh, this law of liberty as we continue in it. Uh, we thank you that it does provide for us all that we need to walk with you and accomplish your will. Bless tonight as we consider 
this ministry of the saints and help each of us, Lord, to be involved in this, both here and across the globe through missions, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The ministry of the saints, to minister is to serve. It's to bring something to someone as a waitress or waiter brings something from the kitchen to the table and serves it. That is a ministry. That's the meaning of it and what's behind it. And ministry to the saints is a relief, providing relief or relieving someone of a burden or helping them to bear their burden. Now, of course, ministry to the saints. Saints are those who are made holy by receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we receive Christ, we receive uh, his holiness and it makes us saints. And so I'd like to look at three things tonight that we learn in 1 Peter chapter 4. Very simply, in order to minister to the saints, we see, first of all, the gift of God must be received. It says there, as every man hath received the gift. We see also, secondly, that the, this gift must be given. It must be given. He says, minister the same one to another. And then thirdly, it's always to be done with the mind that it's an accountability. The gift is an accountability to God who gave it to us. He says they're as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so let's start at the beginning. In order to minister to the saints, first of all, the gift of God must be received. He says, as every man hath received the gift. How do we receive the gift of the grace of God? Well, it's by receiving the word of God. When Jesus was speaking in parable uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20, he said, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. So this is the written word or spoken word, and someone receives the truth of it into their hearts. They receive it. But look over in John chapter 1, if you would, John chapter number 1. And I know you know these verses, uh, but just for sake of understanding the gift, John chapter number 1 and verse number 11. There's the written word, the spoken word, but we also have the living word, capital W, Jesus Christ. In verse number 11, it tells us about him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, capital W, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when we receive the Word, we're really receiving the Son of God, Jesus Christ. To receive Him is to receive the gift of God. When we receive Christ, we receive the whole package. When I have the Son, I have everything that God has to offer. Praise the Lord, He makes us joint heirs. With Jesus Christ. He gives us all of it. It is the Holy Spirit living in us. In Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Peter said unto them. Repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. When you and I got saved. We received the Holy Ghost into our lives. He gave us 
eternal life, God's life in our hearts because we received him. It's not only that, it's also the forgiveness of sins in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. The Bible says, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So it's through the name of Jesus Christ. It's also an atonement. He makes us at one with God. Romans 5.11, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received, have now received the atonement. And it's the righteousness of God. In Romans chapter 5, if you look over there in Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. I didn't realize when I got saved, and I probably don't realize it completely yet right now. I'm learning. But God took who I was, a sinner, and he replaced that with Jesus Christ's record of perfect righteousness. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, speaking of Adam, Much more, the first Adam, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. The gift of righteousness is received when we receive Christ. He makes us just. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, speaking of Jesus Christ, The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Boy, I'm glad he's made us just. I was reading Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 7, I believe it was this morning. And a phrase stuck out to me, the hope of the unjust man perisheth. His hope perishes when he dies. He has no, no lasting hope. You and I who are made just by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have an eternal hope. It'll never perish, never go away. What you and I read when we look at the scriptures and when we put our trust in it, when we stand on these promises, that hope is eternal. It'll never end. Nothing can shake it. Nothing can take it away. And we're saved by hope. Praise God for that eternal hope that we receive when we receive Jesus Christ. And then in the next chapter, Romans 6, verse 23, of course, we know for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We receive eternal life. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, the Bible tells us that there are many gifts that we receive or can receive. Not all have the same gifts, but when we receive Christ, he gives us gifts of ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 1. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So he gives us a gift of ministry. You and I have received Christ. We are gifted with something that we can share with others. It's a ministry of the saints. He says in uh, verse number five, And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I'm saying to minister to the saints, the gift of God must be received. We must understand that which God has given us so we can share it with others. There are people like Brother Sebiotu who have the gift of interpreting the tongue of English, Luganda. There are people like Brother Paul who have a gift to put people at ease. He was sitting beside a Muslim man one time in the taxi as he's going out to his, the Sese Islands. And I might have told you this before. He was going out to the Sese Islands, sitting beside a Muslim man. He's witnessing to him about the gospel. The Muslim man is uh, a lot of people over there are secular Muslims. They, they don't know why they're Muslims, but they're just born that way. And so that's what they are. And finally, he looked at Paul. He said, listen, I know you believe what you believe. And I believe what I believe. And I don't believe what you believe. So let's just leave it at that. And Paul left it at that for a little while. And then they continued on down the road. And pretty soon he's talking to him again about the gospel. And the man just couldn't tell him no again, you know. And so he sat there and listened to him. And they got to their destination, ready to get on the ferry. And Paul says, you know, let me off. He gets off the taxi. And the the Muslim man says, wait just a minute. And he got off. He says, wait right here. I just need to talk to this young man. He got out. And he said, young man, I don't believe what you believe, obviously. But I can tell you do. And I like your spirit, he says, and I like what you're trying to do. And a Muslim man pulled a 50,000 shilling note out of his pocket. It's about $20 or so, something like that. That's a lot of money for in Uganda. And he handed him that 50,000. He says, here, I want to help you with whatever you're doing. I know you're doing something good. That's a gift. He gets up, he crawls on his hands and knees up to the pulpit, sits down to preach Sunday morning sometimes. He's kind of a co-pastor at the Central Church and and uh, I'm telling you, the, the crowd just hushes. He's got such a way. And I don't know if it's just non-threatening, what it is. But the Spirit of God uses him and speaks through him as he preaches from the Word of God. It's just a blessing to see that. And it's a blessing to see people exercise their gifts. Whatever God has given to them to minister to the saints. But it must be received. You must receive Christ so that you can receive all that God has for you. Secondly, the gift of God must be given. Over there in 1 Peter chapter 4, we read that uh, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. The principle was taught to the disciples in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8. Jesus said, freely ye have received, freely give. Paul practiced it in Romans chapter number 1. As he was going through uh, on his travels, he desired to get to Rome. And he wanted to see them. And and, uh, in Romans chapter 1, he was writing about that. And he got to verse number 11. He says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Paul practiced this idea of giving out that which God had blessed him with. He said, I want to come and teach you that you might get something from the word of God so that you wouldn't depend on me. You're depending on the word of God and you'll go forward with your Christian life. And when I see you go forward, that'll make me stronger so that I can go to the regions beyond and do what God wants me to do there. I remember teaching the book of Romans in TBI. It was uh, when Pastor Keith was here in the States on furlough and I was on my own and, and uh, my wife's dad got sick and uh, had, a, had a stroke. And so he was 
sick and, and she needed to come back to the state, so she came back. We were thinking for five or six weeks. Turned out we looked at the calendar wrong with the month and all that, the extra week in the month. It was seven weeks. And so I was there by myself with Abigail for seven weeks, and we made it. We survived. We had one meal a day, and, you know, we just did. It was pizza usually that we ordered out. But we got it done, and I couldn't leave because there wasn't anybody to watch the work. And so uh, I was teaching TBI that time. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm not worthy to do this. I, I can't give these men what they need. And then the, the scriptures begin to speak to you. And I'm speaking, you know, through Romans. And I see, you know, it doesn't depend on me. God wants a vessel that just says, Lord, I'm yours. I just want you to work through me. And, you know, the Bible tells us everything's from him. It's of him. It's through him. And it's to him. Praise God, he works and he uses us. And that brings us to the third thing. The gift of God is an accountability to the God who gave it. Back there in 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 9, it tells us to minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Grace came from God. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He works through this world, but everything is eventually going back to him. He gives us the gifts of ministry. You and I are accountable for how we use those gifts to minister to the saints. It's not ours, but it's ours to use, and we will be judged on how we use it. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. He talks there about the manifold grace of God, many folds. The grace of God comes out in so many different ways. And just because we're not like each other necessarily, it doesn't manifest itself in the same way. God still will use each of us individually in the lives of somebody else as we allow ourselves to be a channel of God's grace, a steward of his grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 4, The Bible says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift. Notice that, that ye come behind in no gift. Don't fall behind. Stay at the cutting edge. Stay forward. Ask God to use you. Ask God to show you how to be used and let his grace flow through you. He says, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He puts it in the context here of he's coming again. We're stewards of his grace. We're stewards of these gifts. And we will give an account to him. Verse 8, who who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says God is faithful, verse 9, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We will be judged on how we use God's gift to minister to the saints. And lastly, we are to minister this gift with charity. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible, of course, talks here about the importance of charity. And Peter talked about that, using hospitality one to another without grudging. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says in verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am as become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, he said, I am nothing. So when we do it right, when we follow God's plan and God's will, God will use us as vessels of his grace and we can minister the same one to another. Whether we're here or whether we give so that missionaries can go or we give for a special project as you have before many times to other missionaries and to us so that we can be a vessel of that to hand it off to somebody else to equip them to go. That's the grace of God. Paul talked about that when he talked about that offering for the poor saints in Jerusalem. It was a gift. He called it a grace. And it's the grace of giving that allows you and I to be able to give so that others can hear the gospel and experience the same gifts that we've received so they can minister the same one to another and the work of God can continue. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just going to take a moment to challenge you and encourage you to find that gift If you've received Christ and the gift of eternal life, I hope you have. If you have not, there's no better time than right now to settle that and receive Christ as your Savior. But once you've received him, you have it all and figure out what your gift is, what it is that God wants to use you for to bring grace into the lives of others. Let me challenge young people. Maybe God is calling you to take your gift and take it over the ocean. Crossing political boundaries, crossing language boundaries to take the gospel to somebody else. Maybe God's dealing in your heart about the mission field, about missions and the ministry of the saints overseas. I remember talking to a young man, a teenager, when we first went to Uganda on our survey trip. And I was able to talk to him about the Lord. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? You're like a gift to Uganda. Now, I'm nobody special. But you know what he recognized? Is that God had been good to us so that we could come and be good to some people and teach them about the Lord. God can do that with anybody who will make their life available. Young person, maybe God is calling you. I won't belabor the invitation. I'm going to pray and then I'll invite Pastor to come to do as he wishes. But if you can think about those things tonight, let's let God do a work in our lives that we might be vessels of his grace.